Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Noted anthropologist Ethan Powell was reported missing in October 1994. Lost for nearly two years. They said he walked among them, part of the animal group. He killed two Rwandan park rangers with a wooden club. He lives with the animals. Takes on their behavior. Becomes one. How does that happen? She still wants her father. What do you say to her? Goodbye. Never had control. You only thought you had it. You're no mystery to me, boy. I used to be you. I don't believe I can come back to this world the way I am. What's it all worth? What's it all worth, even if you don't come back? Uh, so, so the pairing that the world has been waiting for <laughs> uh, the the music documentary. The Buena Vista Social Club versus uh, Instinct, uh, an, an Oscar contender would have been kind of, I guess, would be the best way to describe it, right? From nineteen ninety nine. I don't know. I mean, uh, I think with Instinct, maybe the uh, first uh, third of it. I don't know. They're going for this. They're going for the obvious or Silence of the Lambs thing with Anthony Hopkins. And return to form and transitions into uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I I, I don't know. Uh, was this ever perceived as such? And this just got bumped to the summer when people actually like laid eyes on it. That would make sense to me. I mean, it seems like that's the audience that they're going for. Like, it's not really much of a. It's not really a thriller in the vein of like uh, of um, a movie that I like that Anthony Hopkins was in. That also kind of tied back to Science of the Lambs. Uh, a movie called Fracture. With Ryan Gosling. I've not seen that one. I enjoy it. It's a really enjoyable uh, pop boiler. And uh, uh, InSync seems to be more like, you know, I don't don't know. Like they're really, I'm guessing from like the big swelling musical score and everything that they they were probably aiming for 
uh, for Oscars here. And, you know. <laughs> and now you can't even find it on DVD, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. And I think the reason we, we decided to to do this together uh, was because it was the number one movie of that year, uh, of that weekend. It was the uh, the big new release. I think it opened third. Oh, no, it was, it was number the... three. It was actually number three. Never mind. <laughs> well, of, of if you were keeping up with new releases, if, you know, imagine there were podcasts back in the day doing whatever was the big release. Uh, I guess, you know, unfortunately, they were stuck with Instinct because uh, Phantom, Man- Phantom Menace was still reigning supreme and then uh, Notting Hill was in its second week of release above it. So they spent $80 million on this movie in 1999. And, and like Oof. you said, you can't even find you You can hardly find it on DVD now. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I will say that Netflix DVD did uh, provide it to me after it was <laughs> labeled as long wait there for a few weeks. And I'm, <laughs> I think you made the joke that I was making some poor warehouse worker really work overtime to dig that up that artifact to, to send my way in kentucky but uh yeah not not streaming not available to uh rent digitally on itunes or amazon so it's definitely strange when you have one from 1999 you know we're not doing we're not going you know back to 1939 here yeah um, but maybe with good reason i, I don't know I, I don't think this one has been <laughs> has seen any sort of reappraisal where there's a well actually guy on film twitter saying that it's uh it's uh actually great I, I, i've not seen that at least yeah neither have i and i think we're both you know on the same page uh, that we I, I so i think it had a lot of potential and, and i i would say that the high point is probably the scene where hopkins who is this imprisoned, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, what, what botanist uh, guy who ha- has kind of spent too much time with the apes and has gone kind of uh, wild child on society and is now in a in a asylum uh, and being studied by Cuba Gooding Jr., who is a young psychiatrist hoping to write a novel and become famous off of this uh, whole thing. Is that a fair summary of the of the plot? It, it's fair. Um, I'm thinking even if, you know I, this was a first time watch for me. I did I did not see this back on initial release and uh, you know, never bothered to catch up with it. And just to be perfectly frank, I think the only reason it's being featured on this very program is that we were both afraid to do 20 minutes on well, this to social. And club. we were we, that was a just fear <laughs> from Bim Benders. Director of Wings of Desire in Paris, Texas, comes the story of an American musician who went searching for the sounds of an island and discovered the soul of a people. Artisan Entertainment presents the Buena Vista Social Club. So, Buena Vista Social Club, much better movie than instinct i have next to nothing to say about buena vista social club <laughs> it's a good movie and i feel like we can kind of do this free form uh buena vista social club so documentary from vim vendors uh director i really like it's about uh some cuban musicians uh you know who have been brought out of retirement to come together and perform for each other uh and and you know very heartfelt very earnest uh really enjoyable uh, I've said everything I can think of to say about it. 
uh, after that. <laughs> I think it uh, it does a good job of conveying the interest of, uh, I guess, this producer that puts it all together. He's one of the the, the featured players in this uh, you know super group that they formed of all these sort of forgotten Cuban uh, musicians. Uh, I don't know if I can say the same for the film itself as far as it relaying that passion to me. Uh, especially, you know, yet another, this is another first time watch because uh, I just always assumed it was just a straightforward concert film, you know, about musicians and music I really didn't know anything about. So, um, you know, I don't often watch concert films with bands that I'm, you know, aware of. So I was not really seeking this one out. But I did remember that it was, you know, sort of a, I don't know, would you call it a fad, Ben, at the time? Like I, I remembered people sort of name checking that you know, that music, uh, and, you know, based on this documentary and that album being a hit, I think a year or two before, but I don't, I don't think this one's had any sort of lasting impact as far as a piece of cinema. Well, I guess you're right. Cause it made about $7 million, uh, which is pretty good for, for a music documentary at that time. Uh, that would be pretty good for a music documentary, you know, today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you're right. There was a lot of interest in this at the time. And I don't, would you say no, like today, like there's not so much, uh, I feel like I, I, I feel like I remember there being talk of there being a sequel and oh yeah, there is. It's called the Buena Vista Social Club, uh, Adios. And that, and that came, came out, out in what, two 2017. Years ago? Yeah. <laughs> not directed, <laughs> not that. directed by Vim Vendors. <laughs> I only knew that because I was just looking up, like, I just, I just wanted to know, you know, I didn't want to talk totally on my ass here that I was like, this was popular, right? This is not just uh, some sort of joke I heard on a comedy show where they sort of, you know, a pop culture reference to this thing. Uh, and I saw that, you know, there had been a, a sequel, which um, I think it's fair to say did not get that particular spotlight on it. <laughs> I'm guessing not. Uh, I So I wanted to talk totally out of my ass uh, today um, because... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really do a whole lot of research on either Instinct or or Bonavista Social Club. Um, you know, get, getting back to our our natural uh, comparison to Instinct. Um, you know, I was I was really excited when I found out that Maura Tierney was in it because I do really <laughs> love Maura Tierney. And if you, if you don't remember who she is, she played the. Uh, girlfriend on news radio and she is in the showtime tv series the affair which i don't know if that's still running or not i think it's on a well weird like gap like a two-year hiatus but i think it's coming up on its final season she's pretty good in it i, I like that uh some of that show i think the first you know couple seasons but um that's a weird pull because she doesn't. I don't think she gets a lot to do here. No, ben. no, she gets one scene with you know. So she's playing the daughter of Anthony Hopkins' character, and you know, there's a strained relationship there, and she gets one scene uh, with him that I thought was pretty decent, and um, you know, the, so I think there was potential with Instinct, but I but I feel like maybe they 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 like they swung for the fences to and swung too bigly for, for a lot of stuff. And, and by the end of it, it just sort of kind of wraps up, you know, in a way that doesn't feel to all altogether natural. And, um, I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know where Anthony Hopkins is in the last shot of this movie. 
And I feel like that's kind of a big <laughs> uh, problem because like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character seems to know, like he seems to know and have an idea. And I don't really know how he got to that conclusion. Um, and I don't know. Is it a good thing? Uh, what's happened to his character at the end here? Is it a bad thing? I don't know. I don't I don't think uh, anything that happens here at the end is is good other than, I guess, the movie ending. But you have Cuba Gooding Jr., um, you know, being basically like accosted by the uh, whatever the authority figure is in that particular moment. And he sort of has been bucking the system, you know, bucking protocol when it comes to like, you know, his professional peers, um, the authorities that you know, they've built up this guy as, as Hannibal Lecter. You know, the, there's this sort of mystery that he's this murderous man that has turned savage. And then when we actually cut back to it. All, all he was really doing was he happened to be hanging out with the apes as he's, you know, want to do, I guess, with his uh, research. And these uh, hunters come and they start uh, killing the apes and he tries to stop it. And um, I mean, there, there's really a lot of this. The actual story that they're trying to get at here is not that interesting. And I also think that I, I seem to remember I don't, and maybe you can correct me on this. I feel like this was around the time that Anthony Hopkins uh, announced his retirement from acting that never actually came. Well, you know, and, good, because, you know, I love Anthony Hopkins and, <laughs> and you know, uh, I think it's unfair. This is where I think the film has an unfair disadvantage um, is in this casting of Anthony Hopkins and then the natural uh, comparison to uh, him as Hannibal Lecter, who is another person in a cell, uh, you know, locked away. Uh, but But, you know, he's obviously playing a much nicer person here. And then, you know, Fracture has that too. And there are a few other movies uh, that... Oh, uh, another movie. So I'm going to promote a future episode. Another movie coming up, uh, Titus. Uh, the marketing hmm. for that movie uh, he leaned heavily on uh, these images of his character in a, in a chef's hat. Uh, and he's only in a chef's hat for, you know, the final uh, few scenes. And, um, pretty important, you know, pretty important yeah. scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, they were obviously trying, they were obviously trying to make tongue in cheek mm. jokes regarding, you know, signs of the lambs. And so, yeah, I think, you know, it's so unfair that, uh, you look at Anthony Hopkins career and he's a terrific character actor for, you know, most of his life. And then like, I think, you know, probably like what is fifties or sixties, uh, you know, he, he, he gets the role of his lifetime, wins an Oscar for it, and then is typecast ever since. I remember uh, being on a podcast uh, for, with you for the remains of the day. I don't remember what uh, the reason why we were covering that one, saying that I actually liked his performance in that better than Silence of the Lambs, and you scoffed at me. But you know what? If there were more people like me, maybe not typecast as much. I didn't scoff at you. That's, that's, I'm, that's I'll have a lie. to go back to the, the the audio. I'll go back to the tape and see if I was scoffed at. But I, I remember feeling scoffed at that I enjoyed him so much in that film. But I think it's so unfair that every single movie he does after Silence of the Lambs has to have this added baggage of him being eternally connected to that character, and that it, you know it's almost impossible for him to reinvent. Uh, himself at that point. And I think Hopkins is a terrific actor and he's gotten a lot, he, you know, he hasn't gotten a fair shake uh, like the last few years. And uh, certainly not with, you know, what I think is his best performance uh, in, in Nixon uh, four years prior to this. Uh, you know, he did not get. Now it's my time shake. to scoff at uh, you. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wanted you to uh, defend uh, Cuba getting junior here who, uh, 
I think this was, was this the start of his decline? Or he was, I feel like he was in a Robin Williams movie, maybe the year before. Oh, What Dreams May Come. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't, he wasn't also, the lead, so. No, but it feels like after, after Jerry Maguire, he went full on like Oscar hounding well, type roles. That, that, I mean, that's predictable. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's what happens when, you know, you have something like, like this, you have such a big success so early on, um, you know, that was, you know, that was always very predictable, um, that that would happen. But that Jerry Maguire role that he won, you know, that's not, that's not your typical Oscar winning performance either. No, no, (laughs) So it's just weird to me that he went full on, you know, melodrama. You've got Men of Honor comes out in 2000 mm-hmm. with Robert De Niro. You have uh, Radio in 2003. Now, uh, now, have you seen Radio? I've actually not seen either one of those uh, those films. I, I have seen the Robin Williams one, but I don't remember liking it. I remember Radio being pretty decent, and, and that's another one that hasn't gotten any sort of home video release at all uh, that, I, that, I, hmm. that I know of. Uh, and uh, it's pr- pretty decent. And uh, he had Rat Race, you know. That was a... <laughs> <laughs> Probably a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Snow Dogs is in there. Um, okay. Uh, chill Factor. How could I forget Chill Factor? With Skeet, He's uh, not the problem Ulrich. in this movie. The, I mean, the problem in this movie is the script. The scene that I really like where Hopkins and him are, are really going at it and, and, and he's basically got him in a headlock and is, and is pressuring him to say what he's lost uh, here and all that. That's a very interesting scene. And you would think from a scene like that, that the rest of the movie would develop, you know, those themes a little bit, a little bit more. And we would find out, you know, what, uh, Ethan Powell, what the main character here, you know, thinks about all these different like institutions and levels of control and, uh, civilization versus living in the wild and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we don't really ever, except for just kind of a very simplistic, um, you know, uh, you know, e- evil men with guns kind of thing. And, uh, I like those scenes. I mean, that's pr- probably some, some of the more like emotional, uh, scenes in the movie, but it just never adds up to much. And I think maybe they're trying to do too much. You got the subplot with, you mentioned one flew over the cuckoo's nest and that's, yeah, you've got all these subplots with the prison guards and everything and the treatment of the prisoners and everything. I really think they could have just let all that go, uh, and develop the, Hopkins and Gooding uh, relationship here better. Um, and yeah, Maura Tierney, you know, she's never bad in a movie, but <laughs> well, I think she would probably go in my version of it. Um, I, I like if you, got, if you have to strip it down, um, just these conversations between these, these two men uh, in that, in that box and then his life uh, out when he was doing, you know, gorillas in the mist. I, I think that, if you're switching gears back and forth between that, I think it's a little more interesting because he, uh, you know, whatever calm or peace he finds out there uh, in the jungle by himself, uh, I, I like that more so than, you know, his scene where he's doing like his own version of like a cave painting, like in his prison cell, where he's like basically trying to explain, you know, the humanity and like, I guess that we're like a virus on the world. Um, I don't know. It just goes a little just goes a little it gets way too preachy as far as uh i like the quiet moments when he's just hanging out with the gorillas that's that's fine but i i don't like the murder mystery subplot i don't really nothing gets more tyranny here i don't really like the uh you know the the father abandonment type thing that we've got going on and i definitely don't like uh cuba lecturing uh this 
you know, this prison or this place for the mentally ill and then um, trying to change it uh, with the, the, how the, the card sequence where, mm-hmm. they, you know, where everyone, ah, just, I don't know. Th- there are so many like preachy moments in this that I think if you did go see this in 1999, you would wonder what the hell you're watching. Cause that's, I think it was <laughs> sold as a pretty straight thriller with uh, a crazy guy who, you know, something happened out in the woods that changed him and we're going to figure out why. And, uh, yeah, I just uh I don't know if it was worth it for that long wait from uh Netflix, but it did save us from having to well, talk about uh Cuban music. You, you've got for to very say long. you've got to say something about the Benavista Social Club. I've said everything I, I have for it. I uh, didn't really like it. You didn't I, like I it. I thought it was I thought I thought it was a pretty bad movie. Like I, I thought the subject matter was was all right and you know I, I enjoyed listening to some of the music. Um I didn't I, I actually am surprised that you you uh you're giving this one a pass because I, I thought as an editor, I thought this movie would drive you nuts. <laughs> well, that was what I was going to bring up is that there is like a there is some stuff later in the movie where they're they're looking through some shop windows and commenting on some bobbleheads or whatever, uh, and it's like, yeah, you know, hour and forty five minute runtime, you probably didn't need to include uh, that little <laughs> that little bit. Um, <laughs> America, it's great. Look at this stuff. We got bobbleheads. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the the sweeping sort of uh, digital camera movement where uh, we're just going to walk in circles around a musician like multiple times. Uh, I, I, most of the time I was taken out of what I was seeing just by the uh, the choices on how to present it to me, um, which I thought was strange, you know, given that I, I came in thinking this is just a straightforward concert film. And maybe there's uh, some, you know, some interviews uh, sort of interspersed between songs. But uh, no, we actually like sort of cut away from you know in the middle and mid song uh, and that <laughs> I also felt like towards the end like you could feel like the runtime creeping up on them because it's it did feel like some of the uh, band members here get shortchanged where we you know we we have a we have some of these characters will be like you know a half hour just on their lives and then towards the end it's like all right here and this guy and this guy and this guy there's a true well, like, sort of featured player status there at the very end this it's is just a strange mix this isn't my world so but i got the sense that they were trying to feature the ones who were lesser known more more in depth uh but this isn't my world so i could i mean i, I feel like Ry cooter is a name people know right no i no i'd never heard of the dude but it, it rang a bell with me so i don't know i'm assuming that's uh that's why like he's only there for like 15 minutes and and then the other guy uh whose story is just less interesting in general so you know I can understand that. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, just to be blunt, I, f- I didn't feel like any of their stories were really that interesting. They all seemed like nice people, but, um, you know, it's like I started playing music when I was young, uh, never made much money at it, but uh, <laughs> then the phone rang and here we are. You guys got a camera in my face and <laughs> can play some music, and that's kind of like every person. I just think, I just think we need to make a take a vote and, and make a... <laughs> Uh, yeah, amendment that no more, no more music documentaries for for ninety nine for ninety nine <laughs> because the last one that was like remember we had recorded twice uh, and both oh, both times oh. it was really it was really painful and then yeah. this one it's kind of the same thing and I I enjoyed it for what it was I think you have to analyze things based on a on a film's aims and wants and all that and obviously what Bonavista Social Club is going for here and the audience is aiming for is a lot less ambitious than instinct and so. It, like I, it's hard for me to fault it. <laughs> I would say the audience that they were aiming for—they're mostly dead. They're no longer able to listen to our podcast. I just—I <laughs> think that this was like 
a uh, nice Sunday matinee for uh, senior citizens back in June of '99, and that was that was about it. All right then. Uh, <laughs> what do we have up next on the schedule? Uh, let's, well, well, Limbo came out that same weekend and grossed uh, uh, twelve grand more than uh, Buena Vista Social Club, but it would not go on to be uh, quite the the hit. There was no uh, summer '99 fad for John Sayles' Limbo. I'll tell you that. Oh, and so our next movie is, is Limbo, uh, directed by John Sayles, starring David Strathern, um, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. You know the. The woman who, who, who's never given up on anything in her life. So, you know, fight. Damn it, fight. Um, <laughs> and who else is in it? Uh, Chris Christopherson. Um, is that it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> if you want to, I, I will try on our next uh, conversation and not be so mean, but I did, uh, as I was watching this yet again for the first time, I was thinking like, wow, I don't recognize any of these faces. Uh, I hope... They've made a lot of money in the stock market. Who, in Limbo? <laughs> yeah, the, these oh, character okay. actors. I don't, I don't know any of these people, so I, I hope they had great lives, not on the silver screen. Okay. <laughs> and if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. Breathe, baby. God damn it, breathe. God damn it, you bitch! You never backed away from anything in your life! Now fight! 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 Right now! Do it! Fight, god damn it! Fight! 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 A tu lado vivirá y se hablará. Solo cuando estás conmigo.